0: Welcome to the Invest in Her podcast series where we always feature fabulous female funders and founders. And today we have on the founder of Every Woman Studios. Please welcome Abby Greensfelder. Hi, Abby. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Great. And uh, we're talking to you from D.C., right? That is correct. Right. My old hometown. Uh, A lot of people don't know that's where I'm from because I haven't been there for Ooh, so many years.
1: <laughs> yes, but we're still, uh,
0: we're still here even in these interesting times. Interesting. That's a good word for it. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I want to talk about what you're doing with Every Woman Studios because it's so groundbreaking and so necessary. Um you know, and we're certainly aligned, you know, with our She Angels platform, we are all about how do we fund women in every vertical, because we are so underfunded, it's such a critical unmet need. And so I'm so happy that you're doing this, because one of those verticals that really has always been, you know, unjust to women producers and directors and writers is the the film industry. And so what you're doing is amazing. And before we talk about that, I want to talk a little bit about your background. First of all, graduate of Yale, MBA yes. from Wharton School, one smart cookie. Overeducated. <laughs> Can never be overeducated. Right, good. that's true. That's true. <laughs> so anyway, that's really impressive. And I want to talk about that you were actually a senior VP at Discovery Networks before you started yeah. your own companies. hmm Yes. And had some award-winning shows like uh, Planet Earth and Mythbust, Mythbusters uh, that I know a lot of people are familiar with. Try to say that five times fast. Exactly. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> um, and then you went on to uh, co-found uh, Big Yard Productions. Yeah, half uh yard. What is it? Half the, yard Productions. Backyard. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so Backyard Productions had some also award-winning shows. Uh, The one that comes to mind is Say Yes to the Dress. I think everybody knows that one. Um, And uh, I want to talk about your experience in those two places that led you to then decide that you should start Every Woman Studios. So why don't you tell me about that journey? Yeah. Um,
1: Well, it's interesting. I think like many things in life, you don't, see when you're in something where you're going to end up. I mean, when I started at Discovery Channel, where I worked, as you mentioned, for many years, I was, I came there as somebody who loved sort of history and science and natural history and real stories. And I also had a photography background. So I love sort of visual storytelling. And I started there, I interned out of college, actually. I later went away to work in production a bit and then came back to work in development and sort of worked up the ladder till I was running content for Discovery. And I really thought while I was there that my career would develop in the corporate environment. My vision and dream at that point was to run a media company or a channel like a Discovery. Um, Actually my real dream at the time was to run a channel like Lifetime, like Carol Black, who was running Lifetime was somebody I always looked to as a real pioneer and Lifetime then had some of the highest audiences in cable. But as happens in life, you know, you, your career develops, you make personal choices. And in my instance, um, I'd had my first child and I had wanted to really have more of a flexible working type of arrangement and part of having my first child led me to realize that being in a big corporate environment, managing a lot of people, teams and things like that was gonna be challenging to balance because I was fairly young. Uh, My daughter was a year old and I had thought about having gone to business school and taken entrepreneurship classes and things like that. Um, I was looking at the market shifting where there were really successful producers making series in volume and doing quite well from a business point of view and that's part of why so both for personal and business reasons I decided well how hard can that be I'll just start my own company and started half yard productions well of course it's always harder than you think Um, but one of the things that I learned and saw was gee there aren't actually that many women in the production business. Actually, there were more women in the executive ranks at Discovery than there were women helming production companies. And, you know, that sort of settled in. I mean, we created our own culture at Half Yard and hired a really diverse team, gender diverse team, um, ethnically diverse team to make content. But all those years back at Discovery, I always thought being the woman that kind of programmed this male channel, you know, isn't it odd that there are no women on this channel at all? You know, there were just huge swaths of content where women weren't seen on television. And those happened to be on these sort of male skewing genres like history, science, natural history, exploration, all the subjects I love that got me there in the first place women just weren't in those spaces and they weren't in those shows. And, you know, I think between my network background experiencing that and then being a producer and seeing the lack of women running production companies, it sort of started to galvanize in my head that I wanted to help be in a position to do two things. One, help facilitate more women to be in a position of creating content and owning content and being at the front end of the content pipeline. Because once you're a buyer of content, you realize the ideas really start with the producers. That's where the ideas are created. So you only get you only get to see the great ideas that come to you from those producers. So the more diverse the creators, the more diverse the ideas. That was number one. And number two was that I wanted to find a way to create an opportunity for women to be in these places that I call content deserts for women, which are places like sports, like science, like history. Um, And part of the economic reason why women haven't been in those spaces in in the content business is that those spaces were gendered male. But of course we know that women love history and women make history. We're just sitting here on the eve of RBG's passing. And here's a woman who made history and also rewrote history, right? Uh, so it's not that women don't feature in these stories, but the economics of the way that these stories are developed is such that we have a dearth of them. So that those those two factors are part of what just made me realize that it was time for me to start this new company, because if I didn't do it, who was gonna do it? And my passion is nonfiction, real stories, real women, real characters. So it's kind of, I think everything I've done up to this point has built here, which is having the experience of being a buyer and seeing the, the kind of economic underpinnings of how content is bought and marketed and then running a production company and knowing how content is developed and produced. And so now what I'm looking to do is to really create a space where I can develop projects of our own that fill those gaps and also help make possible other women's projects that fill those gaps. So we're doing both of those things. And we also are, have launched an accelerator program to help other women creators kind of rise through the echelons to hopefully have more women in a position to create content.
0: I, I love what you're doing. There's such a demand for it. I'm glad there's a woman like you that has the experience, the background, the knowledge, and the vision to implement that. Um, you know, and I noticed uh, on your, you know, site, your bio, you mentioned mm-hmm. that, you know, you want to create stories of women that people otherwise may not have even known about. Yes. And what a great opportunity that is, and that it's so interesting because you were mentioning that 67% of the content is actually viewed and absorbed by women, right. and 87% of the products are bought by the woman of the household. Yes. So how fascinating that the content has never really been female-driven. No. Meaning- More
1: reflective of- the realness or authenticity of the consumer or viewer i mean part of this is that i think as a business person part of what i've been successful at is seeing kind of open space where there's opportunity to create value in in the market and sort of the time that I left the network to start a production company, there was a real growth in unscripted content. And I could sort of see that there was opportunity there. And I feel similarly about what I would call purpose-driven content as a sector, Mm -hmm. that I think that consumers, you know, this is a time, here I am, I live in Washington, you're from DC. Like think about the realm of politics. People don't believe the news anymore. So, Documentaries and nonfiction content, I think have an important role to fill in being able to tell true and authentic stories. And so I think that the medium of nonfiction and documentaries become even more important. And I think there's a reason why folks that are in the business of engaging opinion, like the Obamas or Hillary Clinton, have turned to documentaries as a way to have their ideas digested and and you know put out there so i think i think that this idea that the female consumer is so powerful and so prevalent and yet that it doesn't match the stories that we hear is a real opportunity and i think the market hasn't quite caught up with the reality yet this always happens right where the Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes an opportunity exists and the market hasn't yet caught up with the reality, but that's part of why I started this company when I did, because I, I think there's a gap between the reality
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and, and where the audience, the content, the audience wants and the content that we have.
0: I, and, I agree with you more. I'm so excited to hear you say yeah. this because I, I, I'm a hundred percent fan of your thinking because, uh, I've been saying this all along is that it's always men making the decisions at these studios, uh, as to what gets produced and, and, and how do they know what women want? And that's why you need to have more perspectives at the table. That's right. uh, like you said the the consumer is not necessarily getting what they want there's a real There's a real opportunity there for there to be more like you said purpose driven content. Me and all of my uh circle of friends uh have always said, "We want more purpose driven content and right. you know you'll talk to people at uh various production companies or studios oh that doesn't that doesn't fly and it's so nice to and refreshing to hear someone that says, "Oh." maybe things don't have to be done the same old way. Maybe there is time for sea change in programming so that more of it is female-driven and more of it's produced and written and directed by women that gives a different perspective since the majority of consumers and the majority of viewers are women. Hello?
1: That is right. That is right. I mean, I think that I'm a big believer in you know, the power of entertainment, and that something, you know, part of what I'm wanting to do and the reason my company is called Every Woman Studios is that, you know, I believe that the power of broad content to move minds and shape culture is really powerful, right? So if you can do that in a way that pulls people in, you know, people choose to watch content based on their heart, not their head. So no one says, "Ooh, this is a purpose driven show. I think I'll watch it. They look and say, this looks fun or this, that looks entertaining, or I want to watch that. So yes, I think of it as my job. And part of the reason that I think when you ask the question, sort of, how did you get to here? Well, having worked on entertaining brands that get you first through the entertainment, but purport to educate along the way. I think of this similarly. And the idea of every woman is, you know, always at discovery. And as a producer, I said, well, I have kind of a sense of what the every man wants to watch. Like that's part of what I've been successful doing is being able to have a gut about what people will want to watch. But actually that word is a gendered word. It just happens to mean the individuals Mm -hmm. whose story is universally resonant. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all I want to do is make that individual happen to be a woman. A lot of the time, Mm -hmm. the story, what we're doing is not necessarily just making content for women. We're making it for everyone. It's just that some of the stories and the characters that we happen to shine a light on happen to be women. So, and I think as women, like we've watched stories about men forever and we can find that entertaining.
0: So I was going to say along those lines, like, let's say it's a documentary about Harriet Tubman, a man is going to want to watch it as much as Yeah.
1: Right. These are universal themes. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the point is that it takes a very purposeful filter, I think, to go about the job of thinking specifically about who you put in that universal lens. In other words, Without thinking about it, we just get the same set of characters and stories we've already had. And we've gone through a reckoning about, you know, and still are about racial justice in this country. And I think, you know, as as women and as storytellers, it's also important to have different kinds uh, of women who bring different perspectives. And that's something we're really focused
0: on. Um you know, being a gay woman, I'm really glad that you're saying that and, uh, you know, I, I like you, I, I believe that it is film and television that helps change culture. Yeah. Uh, you know, in my earlier years, I was working on um, I Can't Marry You, a project which was a documentary about gay marriage and mm-hmm. look where we are. We now have that available to us, yeah. hopefully, hopefully continued. Um And I do believe it's all the film and television out there about that topic that changed hearts and minds about why uh, gay people should be able to get married. And so take that same ideology over to uh, women's causes and interests and all kinds of women, uh, women of color and, um, you know, all kinds of women, different religions, uh, Jewish, Muslim, whatever, um, that... uh, that your programming can can speak to um, people across the spectrum and educate okay. them okay. about how how including women in things uh, impacts culture in a positive way. Uh, okay. Just for instance, um, you know it's a known fact that women entrepreneurs tend to outperform uh, their male counterparts. However, it is much harder for a female. Uh, founders to find funding. Why is that if they're more successful? And that's what we have to educate the public about. And I believe it's film and television that's going to do that.
1: Yeah, I think the same thing is true across industries. Um, We're working on a project that is sort of in the women in sports genre. And one of the things that's been interesting to learn is just how even where women have done as well in sport competitively, the whole business of it, which is sponsorship, you know, in the same way that in venture or in business, it's who's investing in you, um, there's disequity there. So it's a very similar thing as, say, in the business industry, where I too, like you, um, have gotten involved in besides just what I'm doing in content, but how do I support other women in business? And because I'm a partner in a venture fund myself that invests in female-led businesses, and I've been amazed to see the staggering numbers about how many uh, you know, venture funds, for example, are investing in women-led businesses, which is like 3%. It's pathetic. It's unbelievable, right? So I think... You know, part of this is just putting women in those spaces where you see it, you know, the old, if you can see it, you can be it. And I and I think there is real power in that. And the example you gave of, of gay rights, LGBTQ rights in this country is a perfect example, because I think we as a culture saw relationships, normal relationships, loving relationships in families, all the things that we now have sort of legislated, but we saw it first.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: even in even in places where people might not have had that experience or exposure to be able to on primetime television, you know, through comedy or through drama or whatever it is, see see that is really powerful. So like, where do we see women in science, for example, or in tech, in content, or sports, or the outdoors or in you know all these spaces. It's just, I think there's
0: real opportunities there. Absolutely, and uh, with our She Angels platforms like this one, the Invest in Her, our mission is to educate people on how underfunded women are. Like you said, we get less than 3% of venture capital. Uh, as you know, we also get less than 15% of traditional funding. So right. with the lion's share going to men, how are we going to level that playing field? And I believe it's with programming like that you're working on to educate people about this issue is what's going to level the playing field. And the other component is exactly what you just addressed. You as a woman are an investor in a VC fund. Our mission is to try to get more women to open their minds up to being VC and angel investors, we need more female funders. That's what's going to level the playing field. You know, and often people say to me, you know, well, what about, you know, having men support us? Yes, of course we need men to support us, but how's that been working for us? So we do have to take it into our own hands and by creating uh, our own content that's female driven, like you're doing, that's, that's going to, that's going to help change culture.
1: Yeah. I'm hoping that's where I'm, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. Yeah, so, yeah. but I do believe, I do believe that there's opportunity and you look in the scripted realm um, with someone like Hello Sunshine, Reitz Witherspoon's company, who's been taking a, an approach focused on female led content and stories. A lot of it through book IP.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Renee.
1: Yeah. And those, I mean, they're, commercially doing incredibly well. And again, I think it's, you know, proof is in the pudding, right? Both in terms of what's entertaining and what people watch. In our business, you get the audience votes every day. So you have to find a way to engage the audience. That's our, sort of the medium is our message, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's been interesting to look out in something like the scripted realm, because that's the best example thus far of sort of this female focused approach. And those shows have all done incredibly well. So I think the audience does, to your point, um, has responded to that. And I'm hopeful that in, in terms of real stories, that will be equally true, if not more so because, again, as I said, I think women, like we both crave escapist stories, but we also crave things that are real. I think we have that like bullshit meter as women we have, you mm-hmm. know, and we don't like being marketed to and and seeing sort of false version of ourselves. So I think there's a real opportunity to embrace sort of where the female
0: consumer is right now. You know, people identify with uh, themselves and when there's more female funders, they identify more with the women's ideas and proj- projects and, oh. and and the person themselves and that's why it's important same goes with the programming um, you know it's unlikely that a man is going to know exactly what a woman wants in content there has to be right. some females weighing in at the table right. as to what women want and I've, I've seen a, a big deficit in the uh, type of programming that women want. It hasn't been there. So I'm really glad you're on this mission to create that content. Uh, Can you share with us some uh, upcoming uh, programs that you're working on that you want to fill the audience in on?
1: Yeah. Well, we have a big one coming up, but it's not announced yet. But I will say that it's in the women in sports genre. Um, We have, and then we're, as we speak, Developing out and pitching out probably about 10 different ideas that span everything from, like I said, women in sports to stories about women like in space and science to um, a podcast in the crime space, but takes the point of view of sort of the female point of view, for lack of a better word. Um, We have a... Sort of a bunch of sort of feature documentaries we're developing because I think that's a really interesting. Space. So, too early to announce sadly stuff, but um, well, that's a good Hopefully, in uh, the next couple months we'll have some news that we can share.
0: Good. Well, that's enough to make us excited and, and, and be looking forward to that. Now, uh, if somebody wanted to contact you, uh, it's everywomanstudios.com.
1: That's right. And we have on our website a um, button you can push for to contact us or with ideas. We also for any sort of women content creators or filmmakers, we have a program that we've launched with Real Screen, who's one of the kind of leading conference producers in the nonfiction production industry. And we started a accelerator with real screen called propel and we have the first bunch of ideas we got we had about a little over a hundred submissions for the first round and we have um from that a couple projects that we are mentoring and supporting and we're going to have the next year of that program will launch in january so that's another opportunity if there are any folks that have ideas for projects and the vision there is to help workshop these projects. We've partnered up women creators with very successful women production company heads um, who each are mentoring and workshopping their ideas, getting them pitch ready. And then we're facilitating pitches with all the top buyers in the industry. And the sort of winning idea will get funded by every woman's studios. So we'll help them make their projects happen.
0: Love it. Love the work you're doing. Bravo. Much needed. Uh, well, thanks for being on today. Can they also find you at every Woman studios on uh, yeah, yeah. social media?
1: Yep. We're on social media. We're on right. LinkedIn and Instagram and
0: all those good places. Great. We'll look for every Woman studios and follow she angels on uh, social media as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. Right. To invest and, in her and,
1: and very much also excited about what you're doing. It's like, uh, mutual high five here.
0: Yes. It's it's a multi-pronged approach. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that vote. Uh, So thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to invest in her. Investing in women helps make the world a better place. Make it a great week. Thanks for being our guest today, Abby. Thank you so much. The music was created and produced by Lindsay Tomasik.